So tonight is November 21st, 2018. The title to today's message is Dying for Unity. Is this mic still hot? Okay, praise God. I was blessed to be able to put this uh, message together with Steve Thomas. Uh, We did eight hours. I don't know how long you've ever studied the word, but we did eight hours before this. Who was not able to join me tonight because he had a baby girl. So this message was birthed through our experience of living under one roof, unified as families with a common goal. That goal was to sacrifice for each other's callings while removing our toxic independence that's on the inside of us. You know what I'm talking about, Nick? Over the past month, we've had the opportunity to listen to several messages from LCM speaking on this matter. In Samed Team Fighting, does anybody remember Samed Team Fighting? The pastors taught us about fighting with our brothers to accomplish God's goal for our lives. In Adullam to the House of Heroes, does anybody remember that one? Are you all awake tonight? Okay, praise God. Shared with us that Nehemiah was not alone when he inspected the wall. You know how many times Nehemiah says, I saw this, I did this, I went to this overpass. And every single time we missed that verse and the pastors already caught it. Me and Steve had this revelation. They weren't alone. <laughs> we saw it. And then, and then I looked back in some med team fighting and, you know, Eric already covered that. So, <laughs> in walls of steel. Walls of steel. Judah and Nick shared with us that we must be chiseled and the, uh, at the quarry before we enter into the, te- uh, the foundation of the temple. The work must be done before it gets used. Amen? But then Nick, uh, I'm sorry, not Nick, Chris. It, no, not even close. Chris said, in married to your work. What happens if you're not ready before being brought to the temple? What happens if you're not ready, though? We got to get ready. We got to get ready, church. Amen? I'm dying. I'm dying to be unified with this church. Are y'all dying to be unified? Amen. I hope that we get a chance to search our hearts tonight, though. I hope that we get a chance to search our hearts, and I know that y'all are doing that. But uh, I can't say that I've always been dying to be unified with this church. I've listened to a lot of messages. I've been in this church for eight or nine, uh, nine or ten years. And I have not always been dying to be unified with this church. But I want to be now. In shimming the foundation, Pastor Eric mentioned, we should not reinterpret the promises of God, but we should resurrect the promises of God in our lives. We shouldn't reinterpret the word of God, but we should read it and trust that it's true. And believe it. Uh, are we going to be resurrecting promises tonight? I believe we are. I would like to continue this subject with scriptures and experiences that the Lord has shown both me and Steve. Let's turn to Leviticus 13.45. I promise y'all will be out of here tonight in a timely fashion. And I know that it's going to affect your hearts if you're listening. If you're shma, you know, shima. (laughs) Y'all there? Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 says, anyone, y'all there? I still, I still hear pages turning. I don't want to be without y'all. I'm up here. It feels alone, but it's not. (laughs) Anyone with such, I've got a really nice starting scripture. With anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. Let their hair be unkempt. 
cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. Say, they must live alone. They have to because they're unclean. They're lepers. They're unclean. They're separated from the body that they were called to be in. Right? They were Israelites. Can you believe that? I think Pastor Eric covered that last Sunday. They must live outside of the camp. How many of us want to live outside of the camp? I, I, uh, I've lived outside of the camp a lot in my life. And uh, I can tell you it's, it's, it's a place where diseases grow. Diseases in your heart grow. And uh, holding on to your own ideas, thoughts, actions. Um, I wasted a lot of time in this body. You know, and I've shared that with brothers here and there. But I wasted a lot of time in this body. And Eric, Matt, all the pastors, they've never stopped preaching the same messages that have always been being preached. But it, it finally affected my heart. And I'm coming out of that. Why do you value the same alone time that was used as a consequence of sin in ancient Israel and leads to your own death? Okay. Why? <laughs> Why do you value the same alone time? Man, I just need, I just need a break from all of this, you know? Just, I, I just need a minute, you know? What, what do we think of when we think of being alone? We think of being separated for a little time of serenity. Oh, that was so nice. Rather than coming together for a time of serenity, saying, man, this was so good. Individualism leads to leprosy. Say, I'm dying for unity. Are you, though? I believe you. But, but I, I have searched my heart. Actually, the Lord has helped me search my heart. The other day, um, I was walking... Walking around the park so that we could get this baby out, actually. Uh, there was a baby that was trapped inside of the oven, and we needed to walk around the park to get it out. And uh, that's, that was the purpose of it. We've been sitting on the couch actually studying for this message for four hours. Me and Steve, we got up and we went after it. The very first you know, little bit, we sat there for five hours, and our legs, my back was hurting. Uh, I don't know if you ever sat on the couch for that long. I walked straight past these two guys straight past him. I said, hey, I was pushing Benaya, you know, hey, how you doing? And they go, oh, you baby. I'm like, yeah, he's a baby. And because I had something to do other than what God called me to do, which is lighting people on fire for the heart of God. I had this individualistic plan, you know, I needed to walk around the park. I needed to walk around that block, actually. I needed, I needed to do that before, before I light others on fire for God's heart. My, my mezuzah, my family's mezuzah is to light people on fire for the heart of God. And I, I, I was walking, you know, around the block instead. Do, don't we lose sight of what we're called to do sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And then we look back and you know what happened? It settled on me. I went over to Baja's. Nick asked me, how you doing, brother? You know, when Nick asked, how you doing, brother? And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I told him, great, I'm doing fine. But I lied to him. I just didn't know in that exact moment that that's exactly what I was doing. But I was hiding something from him. And uh, God gave me the chance to repent. But the more that you hide and recoil and, and go, ah, no, I'm doing great behind closed doors. 
But you can be inside of this group. You can be in the tight-knit circle. You can be as close as possible. Sorry. And, and you can be completely alone. Eric taught on that Monday night. If you don't have the recording, several people recorded it. It was amazing. It affected my heart. Uh, we should be listening and asking the Lord uh, to change our hearts and minds. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Samuel 18, 22 through 20, 23. Everybody say, I'm dying for unity. I'm dying for unity. And I'm there. Man, me and Steve were like, how do you say this word? Uh, verse 22. Hemaz, son of Zadok, again said to Joab, Amen. Come, what may, please let me run behind the Cushites. But Joab replied, my son, why do you want to go? Absalom had rebelled against David's kingdom. Me and Steve were coming up with all kinds of terms like insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection exactly. It was his son rebelling against his father. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, what, yeah. Come what may, please let me run behind the Cushites. He didn't care about what uh, Joab had to say. Joab, by the way, was Israel's commanding officer. Ahimaaz was uh, following him was supposed to be. He was supposed to be running alongside of him. My son, why do you want to go? You don't have any news that will bring you a reward. You don't have anything. His son died. Absalom died. David's son died. Not just anybody. You know, when David asked, uh, when, when Ahimaaz ran up, the, you, you know, your enemies are defeated. And you know what he said? How is, is my son Absalom? Is he safe? That, leaders... Leaders in this church, leaders in your life, they are going somewhere. And you either run right behind them, right in line with them, or you're running parallel to what they're doing. And sometimes you're doing this and coming back in and sweeping in and out. But the thing is, God's called you to get right behind your leaders. And the thing is, there are things inside of our heart that we need to die. I want to run. I actually said, in verse 23, uh, he said, um, come what may, I want to run. So Job said, run. Nobody's, nobody's going to stop you from being alone. If you want to be a leper, knock yourself out. But the thing is, the more you run by yourself, the more that you are, are, uh, are dying. It's something's growing in you, on you, and around you that nobody wants to be a part of. And the thing is, what inside of your life doesn't line up with what God's called you, the men God's called you to follow? You know, I'm dying for unity. Um, Matt, like right before this happened, Matt, uh, I told Matt what was going on. He, he, he asked me, how's it going? I'm like, oh, great, you know, because that's what I do. I just say great. That's what we all do. We just say great, and we don't really think about what happens next. Matt asked me, um, <laughs> so what's going on? <laughs> What's going on? And, uh, and I told him, hey, my, yeah, my wife's working uh, for, for, for JJ, Natalie, $50 every two weeks or something. Uh, my, my wife's also working for, um, for uh, her mom for $150 every two weeks. He goes, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. You know? and, and we had a long conversation about it. It was good. It hit me like, okay. But it hit me in the light of, I already know what the word says. He, uh, does anybody know what Hebrews 13, 7 talks about? Imitate your leaders. 
that, that your way of life might imitate them, that you might imitate their faith, uh, I immediately accepted it, even though it kind of stung. And, uh, and the thing is, I had a desire to absolutely get behind what he was saying. This isn't some repentance story. It's actually me just desiring, really, to follow after. Even if I, it, it didn't matter what I thought about Matt's advice. Matt just gave me advice. And I can either assume it's coming from the throne of God and do it, or I can assume it's wrong and take it. For, but the thing is, God's called you to follow some, someone. God's called you to this church, hasn't he? Everybody say amen. amen. The thing is, if God gives you advice through your, this body, it's not like optional. I immediately put it into practice. My, my wife, babe, this is exactly what we're doing. Not because of my decision, but because I want to follow exactly what's happening. Uh, turn to verse 29. The king asked, is the young man Absalom safe? Out to send the king's servant, uh, out to send the king's servant to me. Your servant said, uh, your servant, but I know, but I don't know what it was. I'm sorry, I misquoted that. The king said, stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. Uh, there, was, there was great confusion. Uh, can you go back one verse? Let, let me just read it off of here. I saw great confusion just as Job was about to send the king's servant to me, your servant. But I don't know what it was. The king said, stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. When is the next time Ahimaaz is ever mentioned in the scripture? Because he had no purpose in what he was doing. As soon as he got out from following in line... As soon as he stopped dying for unity, as soon as he stopped fighting for his brother's vision, as soon as he took that step to the left and didn't go back, he couldn't get back in, and he never got back in. The thing is, you would think it would just be a young man's fault, a young man's stupidity, right? But it wasn't. He never is mentioned again. He said, stand aside, and he stayed there. Let's turn to... Revelation 17, 13. I want to look at this. I have no idea what you're talking about, Gabe. Nope, still don't know. Ah, sweet. Can you hear me now? Sweet. Okay. I didn't know what you're talking about. Thank you. They have one purpose, who? The beast and the kings that follow, and will give their power and authority to the beast, and, and give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the lamb, but the war will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. I'm not actually talking about the second verse. I'm talking about verse 13. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. You know what they do better than we do? We don't, we don't back each other up. We don't back up what God's already... God's actually already given this church a vision. And your vision fits inside of this vision. And the thing is, you get a chance to follow it. You get a chance to expound upon it. But the thing is, what's holding you back? The thing is, what inside of your heart might be holding you back? The thing is, I know I have... I've deviated. I've done all kinds of things. I've had 10 years to do all kinds of things. And the thing is, I've never been dying for unity more than I am now. 
Um, They submitted their power, their goals to their leader. You know, every good thing. You know, I know uh, if, if the pastors asked Gabe to preach in Mexico, you know what Gabe would do? He would preach in Mexico. And the thing is, that's the kind of desire we should have. Oh, I was really, you know, you have no idea how invested in this word I was. I literally was married to it. I was like, this is so good. And Matt goes, this is exactly what we're going to do. In fact, we're not even really going to go into what you were going to talk about. And I was like, amen. I walked in with 41 scriptures. You know how many scriptures I have now? Six. And that is godly. <laughs> and the thing is, I have to be happy to follow. But, but I can tell you at first, I was like, oh, this disagrees with me and Steve. You know? And I'm like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I get a chance to die to myself. How often should we get the chance to die to ourselves? Say, say I am dying for my brother's vision. Amen. Turn to Romans 12.3. You know, I kind of just let us know we are already halfway through. Y'all don't have to go back through the notes for an hour and a half to find all of them. You know? <laughs> for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Through humility, you achieve unity, and it consecrates you to this body. It consecrates you to your Lord, the one you say you love. It consecrates you whenever you completely fall in line, whenever you completely say yes, and then decide whether or not later, it's not even up to you. Whenever God told you to do that, the Uh, to move to this church, to begin this discipleship process, to say yes, and then try to figure out if it was right or not later. To say, yes, I'm going to do this, Lord. Yes, I'm going, thank you, pastors. I'm going to immediately implement it. I'm dying to be unified. Dying for unity. What areas in you are exalted above calling that you're called to be here now? What areas inside of you have you just said, "Mm, no. I got this, you know. We work on vehicles and don't ask for help because we're toxically independent. We work on work projects, you know. Rick shared with us, he's like, honey, call, you know, his wife was like, honey, call someone. And he's like, all right, so I called Andrew Hayes, you know. <laughs> and that's, that's the only example I had. But the thing is, we, we do things like that here in America. We want to do them all by ourselves. God's called us to completely abandon our lives. The leper was dying in one way. We're called to die in a different way. Turn to Psalm 133. Thank you. It's been piercing my heart. Yeah. Uh, I need this to be actually in the amplified version if we have that capability, Miss Megan. Y'all read that. I'm going to read this because this is correct. Um, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity together. There's two different versions of the Amplified Version, so listen up. It is like the precious oil of consecration. Has anybody ever heard that? I've never heard that. It is like the precious oil of consecration poured on the head. What were we talking about? How good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Coming down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron. Amen? 
coming down upon the edge of his priestly robes, consecrating his whole, the whole body. The whole body. Consecrating the whole body. Amen. Humility. You know, if he would have humbled himself, Ahimaaz might make it uh, past that chapter. He might have made it a little bit further. He might have made it to the end. You know, because David made it to the end. Sorry if this is dropping. But the thing is, he's called us to consecrate ourselves in unity through humility. He's called us to walk in humility. He's called us to walk in unity. He's called us to walk in a consecrated state together, consecrating the whole body. Y'all tell Steve, thank you. He found that. We find consecration together. I'm dying for unity. I'm dying to be consecrated to y'all. To the, you know what we're called? We're called the bride of Christ. He's supposed to be consecrated. She's supposed to be consecrated to her husband. Christ, which is the head. This is the final scripture. John 12, 23 through 26. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. You know that it actually needs to fall to the ground and it needs to die. Does anybody already know what I'm talking about? That single seed. You know, you have a calling and it was planted in you. It was planted by God. Hey, brother, I've got a calling. You don't even know. He didn't even know. I am called to do something great. I'm, I'm supposed to be, I'm, I light people on fire for the heart of God, and I, and I do do that, sometimes. But when my individuality gets in my way from doing what God's called me to do, which is be a part of this body and be planted and grow and flourish, it needs to fall to the ground and die. That way it can produce many seeds. If your calling is more important than this calling, then your seed will stay a single seed. Wow. And how useless is that? It's so useless. I don't want to be a single seed. That leper, us, and our sin, it is growing and it's doing, when we allow that individuality, those decisions that we made alone, to just keep being our, you know, our own. But the thing is, as soon as we let it die, it grows into something that's more beautiful. Were y'all at the One Association Conference? Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about when I say many seeds? Because that's what we're headed towards if we die. But we have to die in a different way. We have to die for this. We have to die to ourselves, not die in our sin. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Matt. That's it. I met somebody in uh, the early 90s that told me that if you took longer than an hour to say what you were trying to say, then you didn't know what you needed to say. I had never listened to that advice. Uh, How many of you just enjoyed uh, an incredibly rich and dense message that happened quickly? 
Look, we're not interested in expedience. We're interested in the right portion at the right time. Uh, I was blessed by that. It's one of the few messages coming from our pulpit that I had no idea what was happening. You know, like I didn't know the message. I didn't study with him. I was in another country. Um, I want to encourage you as we stand to worship. And you can stand. There are a lot of things that we do in our life that are more fear-based than we realize. You can be scared to discipline your kids because maybe you were disciplined harshly. You can be scared to follow a leader because somebody you know followed a leader to their own peril. When people see our kind of discipleship, Sometimes I refer to other groups. Oh, did you know there was a shepherding movement in the 70s? Man, I was born in 1975. I don't care what happened in 1970. Don't let fear of things keep you from fully buying in. Ask yourself a question. When Nolan referred to Hebrews 13:7, is the way of life of the leaders in this church something that you want to imitate or not? And if, if it is, then don't renegotiate that as soon as you disagree with them. It, instead, die. Don't let that single seed be in you. Be a part of the many seeds that are here. And you know what? We all have the ability to look backwards and course correct. If there was too much reliance on a leader, if our authority becomes papal, if Pastor Wade starts wearing one of those horned hats, I'm sorry, funny hats. Then the Holy Ghost will correct us, but I don't think you've seen that kind of heart in us. I've watched Nolan grow up. I mean, I have watched him grow up. And to hear him say these things, just, it makes my spirit smile, man. I just want to encourage you, there's something that you can learn from that. The people that are on your left and right are consecrated to do the work of Christ with you and you with them. The only way any of that gets done is if we're following the direction of the Lord. And as much as Americans like to think that every one of us individually follows the Lord, that's not the way that the Lord's uh, body works. Jesus is the head and he appointed first of all and then list five offices. Did that for a reason. When we meet somebody on the street, to me, Wade is Pastor Wade. To me, Matthew is Pastor Matthew. The guy on the street might see Matthew as electrician Matthew and Wade is El Principal. (laughs) But when you decided to call him a pastor, do you know what you were really doing? You were saying, I've examined your way of life. I like the way that you follow Jesus and I want to do it like you do it. Don't let a seed of rebellion be in you that says, except for this time, because this time I'm right. Follow what God put in front of you. And if your course strays from Jesus, then we all need to be corrected. But, I, you know, in all the years people have been concerned about that, I've never seen that happen. Never seen somebody worse off for having followed the advice of their pastors, ever. Can I tell you how many times I've seen it go the other way? We're going to get Nolan to pray for us in closing. Uh, When I say closing, I I would like us to worship for a while. But closing this portion of the service as we move into worship, okay? And 
Look, you don't need smoke and light shows. That's not who we are. Uh, Just do business with the Lord. Get your heart right before Him. You might find out that some of these themes are repeating and they weren't intentional. Rick and Nolan didn't get together to make sure that their messages complemented each other, but they do. You might find out that you have a seed in you that needs to die and get planted. Uh, We need each other. And a lot of times we need each other before we realize we need each other. Pray for us, Nolan. Jesus, we just ask that you would search our hearts right now, mighty King. God, that your Holy Spirit would come and come and circumcise our hearts tonight. Father, that we desire to be a part of this body. We desire to be a part of what you've called us to do, mighty King. And Father, our own selfishness gets in the way. God, we want you, mighty King, tonight. Father, would you come and pour out your Holy Spirit? Father, would you come and use your scalpel and cut away what doesn't belong tonight, mighty King? Would you allow your spirit to come and reveal to us by by your spirit, mighty King, the things we cannot see, mighty King, right now? In Jesus' name.